Welcome back to Creative How, the podcast for curious creatives, to a special recap episode. Um, we've just put the finishing touches on our season one, guys, and we hope that you're enjoying it. Um, we're looking for, we're already knee deep into uh, season two. We've got some great guests lined up, um, but we wanted to take a moment to sort of recap um, our journey, but also recap some of the learnings. Uh, from some of the guests, but I think we're going to do this existential approach that we're going to give you the, 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 uh, unfiltered, you know, very candid creative how of the creative how podcast, if that makes sense, we're going to tell you what our process was from inception, uh, to where we are now in, uh, early December of 2018, having done now, um, 11 episodes. I've talked to a lot of people, um, a lot, this is maybe an overstatement, but I've talked to some people about the fact that we started a podcast and like, oh my God, that's so cool. And how did you guys do that? And that's like you said, the kind of the exact point. And it has been, I would say it's been smoother than I thought it might be, but we've definitely had some blunders, you know? We've definitely had some blunders and they're going to be fun to talk about. Yeah. They make us laugh. Maybe the, you'll get them. Maybe you'll have some enjoyment out of them. But I think the biggest thing as with every creative, how is learn from our mistakes. I think <laughs> we did a ton of research going into this thing. You can never do enough research. Um, but at some point you just got to kind of fall off the edge. And that was a, actually a theme for some of our guests who are uh, more entrepreneurial minded. Uh, at some point you just got to kind of take that leap and you know, keep hammering. And, and that's what we did. We did enough paralysis or uh, analysis and, and tried to avoid what they call analysis paralysis and went head in and we learned on the fly. And I'll tell you, man, we, when we made a mistake, we definitely learned and took all, all precautions to not repeat them. That is true. I think going back to the very beginning, when you said jump in, I think, uh, well, I know for a fact that we had both listened to a lot of podcasts and we had both um, been thinking about some kind of new challenge and honestly something kind of fun to do um, outside of the day-to-day um, grind, I guess. But uh, I really do remember the day that we said we were going to do it. I kind of think we might have both been having a bad day or something and we just kind of saw each other in the hallway and I'm like, dude, we should do a podcast. And you're like, absolutely. <laughs> and that was the beginning. It was. It literally launched into, I probably didn't get a lot of more work done that day, literally, because it was, I was pretty excited about the possibility. And look, uh, to my knowledge, neither of us play an instrument. We are not. That is true. That's and correct. I don't do pottery, but I know you do. Oh yeah. But um, in, in, in terms of like legit hobbies, uh, you know, our work is our hobby, uh, sadly, <laughs> yep. has been for a number of years. Yep. Um but like how other people maybe have band practice or part, you know, things on the side, we just didn't have that. And I think this is at the end of the day, filling that gap on a very base level. Well, I think that's true. And I think, um, you know, even my wife has talked to me about, um, maybe getting a hobby or something like that. And, uh, she has been like really, really supportive and has, has noticed that, I don't know, just having fun. And, um, she's probably talked about it with people more than I have, which is, I think a really nice compliment. So it's a good I th- thing. I think the, the most fun I have is when, you know, you mentioned, you tell people, well, you started a podcast and look like we're folks, we're very well aware. Podcasting is a, not a new thing. We are certainly, not, we are trailblazers. We are Stop. not at the front of this wave, but we're not letting that hold us back. And again, my favorite thing is when we tell people, and I, I kind of see in there, I'm like, oh, that's great. That's really nice. But when we actually show them the site, right. how far we've gone, you know, they, they we blow them away, I think, a little bit with the polish because we don't know any other way. Right. We This is, you know, a lot of what we took to, to kind of get to where we are right now is what we do on a day in and day out basis. It's almost like a, a, a muscle that we know. We just ended up doing it focused for something for ourselves on the side. It's, I think it's been interesting when we've had guests come to our headquarters, which we'll also get into in a little while, but, uh, there, some of them have done podcasts before and a lot of them have done interviews and things like that. And they walk in there like, Whoa, this is legit. And I don't think either one of us is saying all these good things about ourselves to make it 
boastful, but we're just trying to say it, it does matter the equipment that you buy, the place that where you host it, how prepared you are with outlines, et cetera, et cetera. Like doing pre-production meetings to your point, Sean, something that we do in our day-to-day lives. And it's like that stuff is and it's somewhat hard. It's time consuming, but it really makes a massive difference. Even things like the the email signature that we've put on our emails, like just those touches, because I think sometimes or most of the time we're reaching out to strangers initially. Yeah. You know, they come by suggestions or we find them, you know, on Instagram or wherever, wherever we encounter them. Um, it just gives a professional touch. And I think all that ends up, it makes them feel comfortable. Like we're not just a bunch of schmoes. Like, right. you know, we, we are putting effort in this and, and they're going to benefit and help build their brand. Cause that's what, at the end of the day, all these people are about building their own brands, which is really, really great. There's a shared um, enthusiasm to make it work. And those have been the best interviews. Yeah. Agreed. Um, so I think maybe we'll get into some things that we've specific things that we've learned and yeah. anybody who is a listener or, uh, has gone to the website can see how the idea came, came about for creative how, so I don't think we'll belabor that. And Sean and I were, are, we work together and we're uh, essentially creative partners. So we're simpatico. So we just get along. Well, that's, we can skip over that too, I think now, but let's maybe get into practice because I think practice was a little unfamiliar, I would say, you know, sitting in a room with each other, having conversations with uh, microphones in our faces. And it's, it's odd. It's weird. Well, it was weird. And then for me, I had the added pressure of the technical part. Right. I took that on myself um, mostly because I wanted to to learn. And, and one of our guests, Trang Dom makes it look really easy when she goes all in and sets all this stuff up. And I've been privy to, to that. And I've walked in rooms where it's all set up and you just sit down at the microphone and, and it's great. Well, we didn't have Trang uh, participating in at that time um, or now any either. Um, so I had to do it all myself. And it started with trying to do it with a laptop and learning that you need, it was like this sort of bolting on effect. <laughs> like it became, okay, now we have the laptop. Oh, we need some microphones. Well, Let's go research those microphones. Now we need microphone arms. Let's get microphone arms. Now we need, oh, you know, we can't run two mics into one computer. We need a mixer. So like our kit of our bag of parts and, and kit, our mobile studio kit has grown um, to where for Christmas, I'm asking for a Pelican case so we can tote around all our shit. Well, it's funny because I, I always make fun of you for bringing multiple bags and I actually brought multiple bags to this one, which is just us and a recap. So it's, it's, you know, it's expanding. It's, it's, it's expanding. So I think one interesting thing is, um, when we first started, you know, we're, we're in the room and you're like, you gotta wear headphones. And I'm like, well, I will, I'll never wear headphones. I'll wear headphones. Maybe when I work occasionally, definitely uh, in the airport or in airplanes, but I'm not, I can, I can hear. I can hear myself. Yeah. And I couldn't understand the aversion to this. I don't, I really understand it either. I did tell you the other day that I didn't wear flip flops until I was in my thirties. Um, but, uh, anyway, I was like, dude, I'll never wear headphones. And you said, if you look at a picture of literally any podcast out there, legit, every single host and every single guest is wearing headphones. And I said, except for this one, <laughs> it was my biggest stress for that week was selling you on headphones. I didn't understand why I had to work so hard. Yeah. It's weird because I've done uh, many <clears throat> voiceovers and things like that. And I understand the need for really perfect sound. And I guess I understand the need to be hearing your voice correctly, but I definitely didn't do it. And that's when you started giving me hand signals to get either closer or farther away from the mic. Then I put the headphones on and all was solved. No, for you, the most you were self-sufficient for yeah, the most part. For the most part. We're not perfect, but, uh, but that's, that, a, that's a mini one. Like, like maybe if you see something, everybody does give it a shot. Yeah. <laughs> it's just learning best practices and it's cool. And it's all worked out. Cause then again, we know how to monitor ourselves a little bit. We can get farther away from the mic. We didn't know how to do that before. Right. But now we know that we hit, you know, a fist length away from the mic, um, is the best practice that yep. we try. We're not all totally awesome at it, but we get better every time. Um, we get more consistent, what we call, I'm going to do some lingo levels. Yep. Um, and you know, let's not forget about, we do have partners, uh, such like white noise lab, Roger Lima helping us out. Um, we're editing, editing this thing on our own as well. So, um, 
levels, compression, all these things. I got primers um, from trusted friends and partners. Um, but then, like you said, that's cool. You're set up, but then you got to have a conversation and a dialogue and yep. it's, it's, it's new in uncharted territory. And I think one of the things that um, we started doing right off the bat was writing outlines and um, writing plans for shows. And it was interesting because even in our practice sessions, you know, we exchanged texts and said, we'll talk about our backgrounds just to, to each other and we'll ask each other questions and we'll answer. And then you even sent me a reference sheet from um, uh, Pat Flynn one time. And it was right before I think we were going to do our first episode and his outline format was almost exactly like what we were already doing. Yeah. And I don't know. It's, it's a just being prepared Yeah, is even in practice sessions. It's, right. it's like, I think we're pretty close to like the Steph Curry's and LeBron James's of the world in terms of our level of preparation. Would you agree? I would, I would agree. And we've learned from key folks that we've worked with over the years, you know, preparation and, and I've developed a sort of neurosis that doesn't allow me to go. <laughs> I'm not a very go with the flow kind of leave it to chance kind of guy. I don't think you Accurate. are either a eh, little more uh, so than you. you are. You are definitely more, a lot more <laughs> so than, than me, but, Maybe. but it works. And I think that's, that's good because I think we, we've defined, we never sat down and like said, Hey, you do this, I'll do that. We just kind of went to our own corners and mm -hmm. did it, which I think is cool. Yeah. And I don't know if everybody who's going to start a podcast is going to be able to do that, to find that sort of like, I know very clearly where what I'm responsible for starts, stops and starts. And I know it's just, I don't have to, you know, say, Hey, can you do this or whatever? Cause you, yeah. you know, too, as well. I do, but you're, you're, uh, amazingly prepared and, and organized and formulaic about what we're doing here. So it's, I, I think that it's been incredibly helpful. I'm a little bit more laissez faire, but when I do the stuff that I need to do, it's usually pretty good. Yeah. But you're a classic under promiser. That's true. And over deliver. I've always done that. And I feel like that's the right thing to do. The, yeah. uh, the yeah, Sunday yeah. morning, 7am yeah. email with the Boom. show notes. Boom. Sunday crushed, morning. That's my, crushed that's it. my you're, morning. That, you're welcome. That's what I do. Um, <laughs> so let's talk about the, I think I'm sure we're skipping over a lot of stuff, but we don't want to make this thing two hours long. We'll, well, see. well for the thing, like, so there was the show, um, a very important key part was the branding. So yes. while we're doing all this sort of learning and practicing and getting the actual tangibleness of the actual show production and edit on the side, we're, we're, we're building our identity. Um, and that started literally, uh, on vacation at the beach. Um, because uh, I think we we had the idea, and then I went a, away on vacation in mid, mid July or whatever. So I'm sketching, and I don't I don't like to lay on the beach. I'm not one for baking in the sun. So um, when I can kind of go away and say I'll make lunch for the family, <laughs> and I'll go back right. and uh, have a beer or two, and you won't see me for a couple of hours. I was sketching, um, so that made it really easy to kind of like when we when we got back. It takes you a couple hours to to make lunch and then come back, and and the girls are fine with that. Yeah, they're in the ocean, man. That's they crazy. Don't, they don't they don't bat an eye. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, you know, so, <laughs> so that was cool. And that exploration, if you guys want to see the exploration, we we documented that in our blog posts. So um the find the post. It's uh, it's it's called Crap We Need a Logo. Um and that kind of documented my process and you get to see my desktops and we did a cool little evolutionary animation of of the various progressions. We quote unquote, um, focus group tested, uh, three versions. And so if you want any more, um, insight into that little bit of process, which again is huge and important, it kind of, once you establish the look and feel that has a lot of, um, sort of influence on websites, all those other things, uh, that you, you can start building. I had, you know, I talked to my, my wife and kids about it, the podcast and I described, what it was all about and wrote, you know, a, a lot of what it says on the website about what the podcast is and ourselves and things like that. And so they knew. And then, like you mentioned, we focus grouped it with our friends and family and they knew what we were going for. And then they chose what they thought was the best logo. And so we kind of make a little bit of a joke about it in the blog, but it was actually really good feedback. Yeah. And particularly when you think, most of the time a podcast logo is going to be among the smallest things you'll see. Mm -hmm. And so 
their quick reads were generally, I think, where we where we landed. So yeah. we it was actually a well regimented process, maybe a little bit smaller than what we might normally do at work, for example, but same process. Only in the fact that there were less cooks. Which was probably helpful. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay. So I think, uh, again, we won't belabor what the podcast is all about, because if you're listening, you probably know, but maybe we jump into the uh, the story of episode one. The story of episode the Force one. Awakens. So we, uh, wait, which episode was that? Episode one of Star Wars. What is the Phantom Menace? All right. Yeah. Is not, it Jar Jar? Not that I'm following. Yeah. That's your favorite character, Jar Jar. Right. Of course. Everyone's favorite. Yeah. The, he, he, it's America's character. Mm-hmm. That's why um, he's still around. <laughs> um, yeah. So episode one uh, with the illustrious Matthew Norman novelists. Um, we, so we're, we're feeling pretty good. We're feeling pretty confident. We had enough practices. <laughs> One thing that, that came up was, um, you know, we, we definitely practiced when and where we could, but to dedicate, and we, we never took it to like a full length episode, you know, duration, right? It was, you know, yeah, was, we practiced for, right. We'd be talking for a half hour. Be like, that's good. But we're we, we we're pros. We might've been, we might've been, uh, you know, having a meeting for an hour or so, but we practiced for an hour. We weren't right or half hour. We weren't really, yeah, we were getting a little tired of hearing ourselves talk probably. So I think um, where and, and when to do it with Matt, um, I think at the time when he was available, cause he was finishing up his, his third novel. Um, he had limited availability. Um, and I think either of us didn't have the ability to do it in our homes. Um, we were like, we were strapped for a, a location that worked for Matt and it was sort of central for all of us to get there in a timely fashion uh, to knock this thing out. So we were, had an idea like, well, why don't we, you know, get a hotel room? Right. And I, having traveled a lot, had accumulated a fair amount of points uh, via Marriott and um, there happened to be a, a residence in, in White Marsh. White Marsh, Maryland. White Marsh, Maryland. Shout out. Um, and then that, that was where we, we set up. So this is where I think it gets kind of interesting. There's a lot of layers to this one. And so I think everyone put yourself, put yourself in the place of the people who work at this, this establishment. So, uh, Sean walks in to the hotel and he's dragging a pretty massive Pelican case and I'm right behind him. And Sean is either a pretty high end weapons dealer or he is in some way related to film production. And he goes up to the desk and I'm right behind him, kind of smiling, I guess a little bit. And he says, oh, yeah, I reserved a room, uh, Flanagan. And they said, do you need uh, double beds or queen? Queen's fine. So we walk up, we walk up to the room, go in the elevator. Um, and we get up there about maybe 45 minutes, an hour later, Matt gets there. I go down and I greet Matt, shake his hand, give him a hug. We're good friends. We go up in the elevator together and we go up to the room. And about uh, two hours later, all three of us come back down and Sean's got his Pelican case and we leave. And we have not spent the night, but we've been up there with filming equipment for two hours. Uh, Three guys who um, didn't even say goodbye or check out. So I think if you work at that hotel, your imagination runs wild. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a great story. And, and not only that, we rearranged the room pretty, uh, pretty specifically. And I think if you walk in, you're like, what the, what were those guys doing in there? <laughs> but we, uh, I don't remember putting it back either. So, well, we did kind of hurriedly, um, I think because we felt like maybe we took too yeah. long, which is pretty funny. Yeah. And, and also interesting tidbit, like we, we get in and we figure out that, oh, the tables in the Marriott don't really support um, the mic arms that we, so there was a lot of Jerry rigging. I mean, that first episode to, to think that the clamps couldn't get wide uh, enough. to. Fit why would you tables. ever think that we were, um, uh, apoplectic? Yeah. yeah. Something like that. <laughs> it was, it was like, cause we, we were stressed. This was our first thing. We wanted to be perfect and, and awesome, but Jesus, that was rough. You, you, you've seemingly checked off every detail only to fall down at the, 
clamps don't clamp onto the desk. We did what not. What do we do? We didn't scout the location. And for us, right. it, that's odd. Somewhere, Trang Dom is yeah, shaking her laughing. head at us, just going like, amateurs. Exactly. But, I mean, when all is said and done, it, it went well. And, you know, you guys can be the judge of that by listening to that episode. And I think that our goal is to get better and better and better. But uh, Matt really was an amazing guest in terms of the content, but also just his willingness to kind of uh, work with people who weren't pros yet and, um, you know, give us all that time. And he will be uh, a a two-time guest at some point relatively soon when his uh, third book comes out. But that first episode, I think we can go to a lot more detail, but that uh, arrival and departure in one night was kind of funny. Yeah. I mean, like definitely check out Matt's episode. Again, the information just top notch. Um, the way a, 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 an accomplished novelist approaches some things doesn't, he makes it seem not intimidating and it actually seem, makes it seem like approachable. So you're going to walk away going, I can do this, you know, and you, you should let, walk away with a lot of confidence. And that's what we hope to deliver. All right. So we, so we knocked out episode one and I think uh great, great story around that, but ultimately a great episode. So now we're feeling confident, right? We've knocked out some home games uh, episode wise here in Baltimore and so I, we were full of confidence. So we got a head of steam. Why don't take, we take this thing on the road? And um, when we first started doing this, um, a group of guys that were probably literally number one on our list was a group by the name of Monkey Boys Productions. And they, if you don't know, and you haven't checked out the, web, the episode yet, um, they're a, they are puppeteers who own a produ- production company who make props for Saturday Night Live amongst others. So they're up in Philadelphia, the general Philadelphia area, uh, as well as our friend, um, Chad Collins, right? Two great inspiring episodes just there for the taking. So when we, we went to monkey boys, you know, it was like one of those things where we're, you know, we got, uh, ways working and trying to get there and, um, you know, plotting enough time so that we have plenty of time to get there in case we get lost or there's traffic. We got waters, blah, blah, blah. We got multiple bags and, you know, Sean and I are talking about um, everything from the really shitty billboards on 95 on the way up to um, new questions we've thought of, um, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, we, we, we got there and we walked in the door of monkey boys productions. And it was a moment for me where I was like, wow, this is a really different place and a place uh, the likes of which I've never really seen before. We describe it in the episode a little bit, but when you walk in there, it's a bunch of different kind of craftspeople. Um, and they've got all, every tool you could imagine, every type of craft material you could imagine, things half built, things fully built, models, puppets, dolls, um, thrown away stuff. And it's like, I was like, the reason we started this podcast was to give people insights into other types of creative and give them inspiration uh, that they can do it. And I was like, I actually think we're doing this. Yeah. We're delivering on the, on the promise. I mean, for what hit me and and especially when we got to Chad's and then monkey boys, like these are guys doing it that are taking time out of their day to meet with us, to do the interview, because again, they're very busy guys. So I was very appreciative of that number one, but knowing that they have every interest in building their brand and Oh, by the way, they're helping us build our brand here as a podcast. So just that I, I agree with you, the same feeling like we are actually doing this. We we're, we're rolling into the Chad's office, rolling the monkey boys main common room. Like it's on and, and we've got to deliver. So there was a little anxiety there too. Um, but we quickly went away because both of them were really great interviews. Yeah. Uh, you know, once if you have engaging people um, that does take a lot of pressure off. I actually think that they um, not as, not as much Chad, but maybe, um, Michael and Mark were also kind of feeling us out a little bit. And, you know, like I, I don't know if they totally believed how interested we were in what they did. And then yeah. we walked around their studio and, and I mean, I think we were like blown away personally. Yeah. And I think they sensed that. So it was sort of a, um, you know, uh, like-minded individuals sit, sitting down to have a conversation. So I think, I guess maybe we're talking about this because the tip might be that, um, have a vision for what you want your thing to be and drive towards that and care about it. And the people that you interview are going to, are going to feel that, you know, we, every episode of 
I think brings a challenge. You know what I mean? We're dealing with a lot of personalities. Some of these people are strangers and, and there is that feeling out process, I think at the beginning and, and you just don't know how it's going to go and we can prepare as much as we, we, we can, but ultimately when we sit down and have a conversation, they need to feel comfortable. Um, I feel good that we are getting better and better every episode, but I don't think we started at a terrible place and, you know, kudos to Matt for making us feel you know, we, I felt, I always say, I feel like we were cheating a little for that first episode right. because Matt sure. is so engaging, but, um, we didn't let that stop us because then we got to the next, uh, guest Juliet and she was engaging as well. Oh yeah. She was like, I, I thought really, really fun to talk to yep. because she was so sort of casual and positive, but also so insightful. And I, I knew her as well, but I've never interviewed her. So I, I didn't know how that would go exactly. And she was like, she was awesome. And she loved the fact that, you know, art so well. And I think that we dove into her story in a really interesting way. So again, we, I guess we kind of got lucky, but I'd also think that it was uh, partially due to preparation, you know? So all along our master plan, you know, so that, that takes us to about, I don't know, um, late September, early August, right? October behind the scenes, we're mapping this thing out and the initial we'd be lying. if say the initial plan was to launch when we launched, right? That's wrong. We, our initial plan was launched in middle of November, maybe first week of November, but we cut kind of like thinking, Hey, let's keep banking these things. Um, because we got, you know, we were getting just great guests and you know, it would just be better. Um, if we just had went, live with a, a lot more episodes than just the three or four that we had at the time. You right. know, I think we wanted to stretch ourselves and be patient. Cause I think that we were both really anxious to like, get it out there, yep. you know? And so what we, what we agreed on was a soft launch. So we, we, the website was up, we were posting episodes, but we, we stopped short of syndicating it to places like iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, because we didn't want to officially roll out. We wanted to get all our ducks in a row, all our promotional items. We're building these kits for our guests and for ourselves and involved pictures and videos for social media. And we've been very methodic about that, but it's taken a little longer. And I think I'm okay with that being a very impatient person um, at the end of the day, but I think it's going to work out because now we're working where we literally are forcing ourselves to write, um, you know, a content plan, uh, and, and things like, you know, sharing Google docs and things like that, where we are just mapping this out day by day. And I, that's one of the things I'm really super proud of because that's backend stuff that I think that, you know, you could easily skip that or cheat that, but we're not, so we're yeah. not cutting a corner there. And I think we, we both have been anxious or excited or whatever the positive and negative versions of those emotions are throughout the whole process. But, um, we're also both aware that this isn't really um, our main job yeah. and we both have families. And so we're, we're, we're trying our best to make good decisions. And I think the decision to be able to release things in a regimented way and have people start uh, understanding our cadence and things like that was what we decided we would do. So when we do that, which will be when you listen to this, maybe uh, we'll be releasing in a way that's very methodical. And then we'll also be recording new episodes for season two. So I guess I will see if that's right or not, but that was our thought process. Yeah. And I, th I think that again, we have the, the, the point to take away here is it's all going to be worth it. Don't cut the corners. I think the more process oriented you can be, the more buttoned up and, and sort of official you can be, it's just going to pay off, you know, sort of towards the end um, or in the middle as we are. Um, but, but don't underestimate that stuff because I think it's going to, it's paying off for me right now. I'm realizing it's, it's, it's a little more work. Um, it's a little more not watching that Netflix show, but doing this thing. Um, but I think it's going to be okay. But on the side of that is there's some drama and things to learn and you only learn by making mistakes. And one of the biggest mistakes that literally gutted me in the middle of all of this was what happened with Max and Baltimore Spirits Company. We we went to uh, visit Max Lentz at his headquarters in Hamden, which is a really, really awesome place. And he's an awesome guy. And um, we were super prepared. Um, Sean actually went to 
Baltimore Spirits Company one day out of the blue um, bought a bottle of apple brandy, which is uh, unbelievable. The, uh, it's a fi- the official beverage of Creative How. <laughs> but uh, he went there and he bought a bottle and he's like, "Hey, I'm Sean." Introduced himself and told him about the po- told Max about the podcast, invited him, and he's like, "Yeah, I'll be a guest." So pretty ballsy in my opinion. Um, well done, Sean. Thank you. And then so we get there and we're all ready. We got the nice setup like we talked about before and. I think we fucking nailed that episode. Yeah. I mean, I really, we'll never know. It was excellent. <laughs> so, um, Sean used a new app and I'm, by the way, I'm never, I'll never be critical of Sean because I don't, I do, uh, maybe 4% of the technical setup, which is mainly putting the clamps together and shit, but, um, used a new app. And interestingly, later that day we did another episode and, somehow the max episode was written over mm-hmm. and lost forever. Only discovered the next morning. We and go, we, we wrap those two episodes feeling pretty damn good. Like that was the first time probably we, we tried to, to accomplish two in one night. Um, it was a tall order and to do a quality job and we thought we nailed it. I certainly did. And then, um, I get up the next day. I, I definitely remember checking all the files. Um, get up the next day and discover that uh, Max is not around. So um, there is that moment, uh, the oh my god moment. Um, and 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 literally, I got tunnel vision. My wife was like, "Are you okay?" Because I I I hadn't felt that bad in a long time, and I can't remember the last time I did. And and probably the worst thing was texting you and going, Hey man. (laughs) Well, the thing is that, so I'm on the other end and I'm like getting sort of mini serial texts from Sean. That's how I text. The joke we have about, (laughs) uh, I text and longer thoughts and Sean goes bing, 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 bing. (laughs) And so I'm getting them and I'm like in my kitchen, you know, I think I was helping my kids with breakfast or something like that. My wife's down there. I'm like narrating to her. I'm like, I think Sean thinks he lost the episode. And I was like, I, have to say that if he thinks that then he did because he would have exhausted all searching and trying to figure out where it was prior to texting me. And I literally said to Cammy, I'm like, he's going to fucking punch something right now. (laughs) I think his kitchen cabinets are in big trouble right now. I, it was all I could do to not express myself in (laughs) any way that, you know, I, I, I too am feeding my kids breakfast while dealing with this. And, you know, it's, it's morning prep like every morning. Um, so it does take a back seat. Like I can't disengage, but I definitely did not do a great job. Um, but I never felt worse. I, I, I did, did yeah. feel like I got punched in the stomach, man. And it was, it was a combination of embarrassment and embarrassment in myself, embarrassment for us. Um, because again, Max delivered. He delivered. I know that for a fact. I don't have to listen to the episode because I know he was, he was bought in and, and it was a shame because we wasted a very busy man's time. Right. And so the, all those emotions are running in my head. So we, we, it was, it was cool because you definitely, uh, more level head, um, won out and said, you know, look, we'll just, we'll, we will, we will own up to this and we will email him and he either will be apologetic and, be no sweat. We'll do it again. Or he'll just see, be like, go fuck yourselves. You right. wasted my time. Right. Which would be unlikely, but still within his right. 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 So, so we, and I mean, I was less frustrated by what happened than I was worried about you, to be honest with you. Cause it was, I just, yeah, we've all been in situations like that yeah. where we're embarrassed and all those types of things. And so I, started like crafting the email and it was like hat and a subject line was actually hat in hand. And it, it was really the most, it was sincerely apologetic and real kiss assy. Like it really, really was. Yeah. And, and that's also something that but it needed know. to be, it absolutely needed to be, it should, it should have been, but neither of us is really that cu- accustomed to that right now in our day to day, because you know we're, you know, making decisions, doing a good job and, and all that stuff. But we really needed to express to this guy how sorry we were because we really appreciate his time. And and honestly, it was all I could think about that day. So yeah. the the refreshing of the email and like, Oh my God, this guy hasn't even gotten back to us. I'm like, Oh, he's really pissed. Like, right. 
And finally, like I couldn't take it anymore. I drove up there after work. Like I, I took a different route home and and stopped by Baltimore Spirits and and walked in. He was there, and I said, "Hey, man!" And he greeted me. He it was, like, it was like he didn't understand what happened. He was like, "What's up?" I'm like, "Did you get our email?" He's like, "Yeah, I was. I just emailed back. We hadn't got that, right? Um, at least I hadn't. And so I'm like, "Oh, well, I hadn't got it, but we're real sorry." He's like, "Dude, not a problem. Let's do it again." Which is, I was like, all right, but flash forward, man, I forgot to tell you this Saturday, which is eight weeks on, I, in my clutter box, I found his response. Wow. And it said, Hey, we're going to do it again. I love podcasts. Tell me the schedule. Oh my God. (laughs) I was like, what am I reading right now? That's crazy. He true to his word. He had emailed back and it was like, meh. All right. Well, we'll get it. We'll nail it next time. I and mean, I, 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 I feel strongly that we approached the entire process the right way. And yeah. even I wouldn't, I wouldn't rewrite that email and be a little bit less um, uh, inferior or whatever the word might be. I'm a writer. Um, but it was crazy gracious of yeah. him to, to do it again. And obviously that episode is available and just as good as the first one. Yeah. Um, if not better, because yeah. we, we got to some points we knew we wanted to touch on and where Max would go deep and really give us the insights we were looking for. So, and he actually made a comment after he's like, you guys should do double episodes for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. So. But I, the, the big takeaway from a creative house standpoint we now have a backup recorder attached to this mixer right now. So we will hopefully never lose another file. We are backed up. Having backups is a key takeaway folks. I much like Jed's headphone phobia. I was like, why would we ever need a backup? That's that you live and learn. Right. And, and so I swear by this and it's running even for this. So definitely headphones. <laughs> Decent mics and a backup. Solid. Again, I'm, I'm proud of the creative solve there or the technical solve rather. Um, but we always knew that not everything would be a home game. We've already gone, you know, the next city over. But what about uh, people that are just further away? And a, a key tool in the podcaster toolkit is Skype. Um, because that's going to allow us to open the aperture here and get to just bigger talents for you guys. Um, because we just can't be there in person. And the first one um, to attempt that with was our friend, Gary Land, the photographer slash uh, DP. And um, that was challenging because it was unfamiliar. Um, he wasn't in the room. He was on a screen and and with Skype, you know, you're always dealing with glitches and and digital breakdowns and things like that, where we'd, we'd literally being in the moment of probably a really great point more often than not, as luck would have it, and he'd just glitch out or we'd glitch out and we'd have like, Gary, we didn't hear that. Kind of repeated. He'd be like, oh crap. You know, so that was a challenge. It was a little nervous. There was no guarantee it was recording at that point because it was the first Skype. I was pretty worried about that mainly from a, a interpersonal communications perspective. Because I think when you're sitting with somebody, obviously it's, it's just easier to read their emotions and their body language and things yep. like that. And, you know, they're not on a tiny screen and and plus usually I don't have to sit as close as I had to sit to you. Like we were kind of like almost sitting on each other's laps, which was, you know, kind of weird for me. Maybe it was good for you, but either, whatever, it's fine. Um, but uh, I was worried and I, I was turned ex- out pretty well. extremely worried. I mean, I couldn't literally, I mean, so we go back our, I would, I honestly will say our to, our visual toolkit, uh, toolkit of uh, Gary assets is the thinnest of everyone. Yeah. Sadly, because I could think of nothing else. Usually we're taking pictures, we're documenting, you know, we, we've got it covered from all angles. That one, uh, we have two pictures. Yeah. They were kind of cool, but uh, it's not going to get us very far. No, not, not at all. But I guess, I keep thinking we got lucky on some things, mm-hmm. but one of the things that we may have gotten lucky on with him is that he's such a big personality yeah. that um, it worked. You know, like if you're WebExing with someone or you're Skyping with someone who maybe is right. a little bit more low key, maybe it doesn't go as well. <clears throat> I don't know. But that one was, was great. And we are, you know, familiar with him. 
Yeah. And one thing we didn't need was the stress of it being a total stranger. Right. So we're, we're friends with Gary. We respect Gary as a professional. Um, um, and we've known him for a lot of years. So there was a little, I would say a little less prep, um, than maybe yeah. some later guests, um, on our end because just the familiarity, which was good because that freed me up to, and, and you up to do the technical thing and just stress. Um, but then as we got into later episodes, we started talking to people that were, for lack of a better term, strangers um, and, and very respected strangers. So right. I think it, we, we, it required more preparation. Right. I think Liz Miller comes to mind and it's interesting because um, she has been a teacher for my daughter for a while. And, and for those who may not have listened yet, Liz is a fine artist and she's also um, a dancer and she's also a dance instructor, Yeah, but I, I knew her, but not in a, in a very uh, deep way, but I, I, you know, I followed her on Instagram and things like that. I knew that she was an artist, but when I approached her, it was after a class with uh, my daughter, I approached Liz and it was kind of weird because that's just an unusual thing to do. And I'm like, Hey, I'm, you know, well, we're getting whatever. comfortable with weird yeah, at this yeah, point. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm like, um, you know, I'm a creative director and uh, I just started a podcast. It was like, I, I don't think she was like, what is this guy talking about? But in my mind at that time, I, th- I was like, oh my God, I think she's thinking, what is this guy talking about? And uh, I described the podcast and um, I really, really wanted her to be excited about it because her work and her perspective is, is so um, distinct. And she, she accepted, you know, and so we worked out the details and we got her in here as a guest. And I have to say that, um, you know, I am not a fine artist and I do not have anywhere close to the same background that she does. And I found that riveting during the podcast. I haven't, um, everyone that we've done so far I've learned from, and I thought was really cool and interesting, but I have to say I wasn't as I was a little emotional about it, to be honest with you. Cause I was like, man, this is like, um, it's teaching me something. And but she's so confident right. and then she exudes that confidence. And that's, that's kind of what I took away. And, and it, it was refreshing because she, she is a, a very, her presence when you walk in a room, like, you, you know, when you're, people just exude things mm-hmm. and, and you, we've been, we've worked with athletes who, you know, just the air changes when they walk in yep. and that happened with her. Like, like she is confident in who she is. She's confident in what she does. She's confident in her point of view and what she brings to the table. All those things were made for a really, really cool episode. And I think that helped me not be so nervous. Yeah, I, I agree. And that, that's like, I, I guess I learned that, to be as engaged as we were is good and is, you know, sometimes maybe we're, I don't think we are guarded. We're just like, we're thinking about, okay, what's the, what's the next question going to be? We got to keep the conversation flowing. What have we missed? What haven't we missed? But in that case, I think we were really like major learning experience, but also like as we've tried to do and thought of from the beginning, we wanted to have an amazing perspective and amazing guests. And she was definitely one of them. So we're rolling, we're rolling. We've, we've, we've made some trips to the Eastern shore and we, we've met up with uh, Jamie Winden who started Lion Distilling. And that is a great inspiring episode. She is a, a very energetic woman that, that drops a lot of knowledge. And, and again, another person with a lot of confidence um, that you're just kind of blown away and, and, and just thankful that they carved out a little bit of time to talk to us because then again, it's like, wow, she didn't have to do that. She is a busy CEO running a distillery and uh, you couldn't be more appreciative. So enjoy that episode. There's a, there are a lot of great insights and and she's just very candid. Um, I think, I, I think we put this in the show, show notes, but I would describe her as a force of nature. You know, yeah. she was like, she had it all loaded and ready to go. And in, in every way it was like both guest and host for us. And yeah. it was, it was like a, an awesome um, display of like really being passionate about what you do. So again, great learning experience. I'm looking for an opportunity to get back down there and pretend we're pirates and uh, drink more rum. Me too. Absolutely. (laughs) And then um, our season finale, I guess informally as we'll call it um, with Kiko Larrero. More recently, the, the guitarist for Megadeth Grammy winning guitarist for Megadeth. Um, but he's had a long, illustrious uh, guitar uh, career prior to that with uh, most notably the Brazilian band Angra 
and then his solo career. He's just a guitar hero, guitar legend from a heavy metal standpoint, also a virtuoso from, from just any, any estimation from a guitar standpoint. I think that was one where we did our homework. Yeah. And I think, um, we both tried to, um, pull from our past and pull from our different musical influences. And I wouldn't say that either one of us is a really huge metal fan, but we know metal to a degree. And I have to say it was actually kind of a a weird thing to think about that, um, landscape and think about the fact that we might have a little knowledge and then realize in comparison to him, we have zero. Yeah. So he's a Grammy winning guitarist, like you said, and he's in this world and a leader in this world. And then all of a sudden, I, at least I was like, mm, am I going to be able to sort of uh, contend with this guy? Yeah. I mean, is he even going to give us the time of day? And, and you come to find out that like, that's maybe 50% of what he's really concerned about. Like he wants to, he has bigger aspirations. And first and foremost, the dude is the purest creative you can, you can think of. He's conceptual and very smart and very intelligent the way he approaches his concerts, the concepts for his albums. Like, so once we kind of found that rhythm, well, that's, we'll talk about that all day. That's our wheelhouse, right? Building brands and talking conceptually. So I think we, once we got on that level and we, you know, there are other podcasts that'll go deep on his uh, arpeggios and and scales and all these things from a nerd out metal standpoint. And, and much like Max, we, we told him we were going to nerd out on his mash bill we didn't nerd out on scales for Dikiko. We were, we were going to take it more from his personal brand. And I think he appreciated that. Yeah. I, I felt like there was a point in that episode where we were talking about the dynamic that happens within groups of creative people. And, you know, uh, you and I deal with that day to day with teams that we work on and, you know, people Huge come up insights. with ideas. And yeah. It's like you, you have to get to a point where you're saying, or you're all realizing that it's a good idea or a bad idea. And he was speaking that language to a T and just really describing how that dynamic works and how you, how you actually end up being an influence without being a jerk. And it was some mind trick stuff, man. It was really like, (laughs) it was like, make it seem was like their idea that it's bad. Right. And, but it was like, he he was also, um, I don't know if we mentioned this already, but he was just so down to earth and friendly and willing to, to talk about these things. So it was like a, I mean, I was definitely intimidated going into it. I'll be honest with you. And I coming out of, it, I was like, Jesus, that guy is a great person. Huge. I was, I was, I was amped up for when he agreed to do it leading up a week. You know, there was no guarantee he was going to show up. Right. I was nervous about that. You know, so I kept checking in and the great thing about Kiko, he's, he's super accessible online. So like, I know it got to like a weird, um, stalking scenario, but I could tell almost where he was and getting a sense of his schedule, knowing he was at least in LA and at least in his house. And at least he's might, there's a very good chance he's going to show up for our show. And by the way, this all came about a uh, huge thanks to our friend, Roger Lima, uh, who's out in LA white noise lab. He did our music. Um, he's just been a great friend uh, for a number of years. And uh, he made the suggestion and uh, he put it together. He went and he spearheaded the production on that end. And it sounds great. And uh, we couldn't be more appreciative um, because the episode is amazing from a, from a content information standpoint, but it also sounds better. And it was over Skype by the way. Um, but it doesn't sound like that. So yeah, that was, that was a, a crazy weird sort of uh, I guess you could call it pre pro right before we started talking and recording, yeah. they were adjusting mics on their end and in his home headphones and earbuds. <laughs> and it was, it was, it was cool. It was very cool. It was cool. And they were very patient. So he yeah, was very patient. So it was good. Um, so that's where we're at. And that's, that's taking us to the season finale and season uh, episode 10 of season one. So what are we doing now? Well, we are finalizing the true logistics behind uh, launching, syndicating on multiple platforms and putting together our social media plan and uh, for literally every episode and the blog posts that we haven't mentioned very much. Um, and also even planning a, a launch event, things like that. Yeah. You're doing a lot of writing. You're, this is the less sexy stuff. This isn't. Yeah. This is the, uh, I don't even know how to describe it. I was going to say uh, like. The, it's repetitive. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but I'm also right now. And like, I guess maybe a insider thing is since we work in advertising, you know, we, we talk about 
content on multiple platforms, whether it's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, et cetera, et cetera, and whether the content can be the same or not. And there are definitely those who think it shouldn't be because if you're followed by someone on multiple platforms and they see the same content on each, that's not good. Um, with us, to be candid, you know, we only have so much time and we also only have so much content. So am I writing a different caption for each one of these things or not? And I've kind of mixed it up a little bit, but on the other hand, this is brand new to people. So it's, it's actually a lot of decisions taking place in your brain um, when you're doing these things that actually seem maybe a little bit trivial. I think we're at a, we're at a product quote unquote product life cycle of, we just need awareness. So I think repetitive repetition is our friend right? in a lot of ways. And obviously there's a lot of different philosophies with that, but I, I tend to think if we can keep our message simple, but just keep hitting them in their eyeballs uh, where, where they're at naturally um, that's going to benefit us here in, in the initial outset, because the goal is to get on new and noteworthy, get a lot of ratings, get a lot of reviews. Folks, if you're listening, please go do that. That would be fantastic. If you believe what we're doing. Um, like I said, we're in a season two. Um, we got a lot of great guests lined up for that and I'm excited, man. Um, again, uh, I want to thank you, man, for all your, your efforts. And, uh, it's been a good, good first go, man. I, I'm, I'm inspired. Uh, I appreciate that. And I will say like, not to be too cheesy, but anytime I talk to anybody about this, who, who, um, knows both of us, I'm always like, I think it could probably happen without me, but it definitely couldn't happen without Sean. So. Thanks, dude. Awesome job, dude. And without the the Baltimore Spirits or um, Lion Distilling Rum. Yeah, I mean, that that doesn't hurt, let's be honest. No. So that's it, folks. We thought we'd do a fun recap, hopefully, um, of, of season one, but hopefully you were entertained. And, you know, we were. I know I had a great conversation, man. This was a lot, a lot of fun. Probably a little more fun than I thought it was going to be, but I don't know why. I would have such low expectations. Yeah, I know that's uh, odd because we've done this now quite a few times, including the practices and it's always been fun. So I guess at least one of us, one of us is being truthful. I think um, it's good because it's a rarity that it's just you and I talking. That's true. That's, you true. know, I think we, we our our guests take center center stage rightfully. So maybe we should make a change or maybe I don't, not, I don't think but so. actually that's a good segue into this. The, the most important people that we want to thank are obviously our guests because of uh, them giving us so much time and also sharing their stories. But I also think our families for, you know, letting us do this sort of um, quote unquote side hustle and um, really, really want to thank uh, all of them for supporting us. Absolutely. All right, folks, as usual, check out the show notes. Actually, I can't guarantee there's going to be might, show notes. We might write them. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, this one's kind of a little lax, but anyway, uh, thanks again. Look out for season two. Hey, Jed. Did you hear our kick-ass intro music? Shockingly, that's out of our technical wheelhouse here at Creative How. That type of sick sound design is a White Noise Lab original. White Noise Lab is a music composition and sound design studio that works with agencies, production companies, and brands on projects for film, broadcasts, interactive websites, corporate videos, video games, and experimental projects. The chances that that movie trailer you just saw on you know, YouTube that's probably a white noise lab original more often than not. So whether you're looking to fulfill your sound design needs or simply need someone to collaborate with on an experimental project or maybe an experimental podcast, check out whitenoiselab.com. That's whitenoiselab.com.